she tells him, I love you, and he says it back. But I'm like, this is mid-orgasm. Like, I, does this even, like, what are they, again, what are y'all doing with the brown women y'all hired? Like, y'all was upsetting me and my homegirl. Do you, have you ever slipped up, though, and said, I love you during an orgasm? when she like a BB moment which is like a beautiful black moment did we get any of those in this episode black we have a chaotic five moment of the chaotic five moment yeah. and you're watching black by reality black by baddie and those who love us Hello, you're watching Black by Reality, a place for Black by Baddies and those who love us. I'm Nicole, and we are still talking about And Just Like That, season two. We're at episode 10, and there was drama, honey, at the end of this. So once again, I'm here to talk about it with my co-host, Arami Day. Hi. Hello. I returned. And we only have one more to go after this, which is crazy. So, because this was uh, the Last Supper Part One, right, right. So, how are you feeling? Okay, so to get right into it, I enjoyed this episode much more than I enjoyed the last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was like, okay, like we're understanding things a little bit better. The children are there, but it's not all about the kids. But it is about the kids, but in a way that makes sense to me. Like, I don't want to be in the kids' business, mm-hmm. but I understand parenting and motherhood is a part mm. of these characters' lives. So it's done in a much more normal and like digestible way in my opinion. Yeah, these storylines were parent focused. It was about how the kids affect the parents' lives, not mm-hmm. the nitty gritty of like the kids' lives, if that makes sense. So I definitely feel you on that. Honestly, I feel like the running theme of this episode was like parenting sucks. I mean, I know people find joining. I'm not a parent, so I won't yeah, say. And it, yeah. it can be, from what I've heard, very rewarding. But it is, it's a lot, especially on women, which I think you really see that dynamic with LTW this this episode. Mm-hmm. Like it's particularly burdensome, unfortunately, on women or on like yes. the them caretakers. Um, yeah. And we discuss more. Yeah. And I think to be clear, I think the sentiment I've heard, especially during COVID, um, like on TikTok and stuff, is that a lot of mothers have felt like parenting sucks. The kids are awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, you love the kids. It's great seeing them grow and having all of that um, fulfillment through that. But it's like the day to day, you're in the trenches. And part of that is like, we live in an individualist individualist listic society and we don't give like proper health care and child care and all the things that like really takes the burden off of a two parent one parent household so it's like yeah like parents are set up to feel so so overwhelmed mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like a pleasant at all and I feel terrible and I do like like to be an auntie as much as I can because it does take a village so let's get into this episode uh it starts with Aiden and Carrie going to Coney Island now Carrie says several times all the things she hasn't done in her 30 something years of being Manhattan and girl you're kind of sounding real annoying at this point because she's like 
oh, this is the first time I've ever been to Coney Island. And they're there because Steve is setting up shop for this hot dogs and clams spot. It seems like he's setting up for the summer season. So as someone who's lived in New York for 15 years, I've been to Coney Island three times. Admittedly, as someone who lives in Harlem, which is a part of Manhattan, it's not a mm-hmm. place I frequent. It is. It takes three years to get there on the train. But, mm-hmm. like, girl, you've been there the longer than I've been alive. So I right. need you to, like, but I, don't, I also don't think, like, she leaves Manhattan often unless it's to go elsewhere. Because I remember when Miranda moved to Brooklyn, her and Samantha Val died. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's so ridiculous, honestly. I've been to Coney Island. I'll count twice. One was, like, the actual pier that we all see. And the other time, I, like, went straight is Jacob Reese on Coney Island, actually? Remember Reese Beaches? People who are in New York will know that's the gay beach. <laughs> so, been there once. Um, so, yeah, um, it looks like everything's going well. Aiden does get a call, though, from Wyatt, and he's angry at his mama because she took his phone away, which is like a very teenage kid thing. Mm-hmm. And he seems to address that and everything seems to be fine. But knowing what we know about Wyatt in the two seconds we done met the boy, mm-hmm. this is going to be a whole situation. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> now, meanwhile, Miranda's at work. She's living her best life. Her boss just comes back from maternity leave. And so, yeah, uh, things are still going swimmingly over there. Charlotte, things are also going well with her at work. Sam Smith is here looking at paintings, um, but, you know, that all gets interrupted by Rock calling for their notebook, and she's like, look, I'm with Sam Smith, and Rock's like, that's nice, that's actually pretty cool, Mom, but I still need this notebook for this presentation, so, so, Charlotte's like, let me call Harry, and this is why Harry, Harry, you know what? Like, he's so funny. Like, when he gets the phone, and he's like, so my dad died? And she was like, why would you think that? He's like, I think it all the time. It's going to happen. And I'm like, Harry, you can't live your life with this with this expectation over your head. It was actually, like you said, hilarious. It was something that Harry would say. My thing with this is, like, I'm, I really try to, I love YA content. I try to remember what it was like mm-hmm. to be Rock's age and be Lily's age. I would have never called my mom about this. And I don't know if it was because she was a working mother and she did work from home at certain points. But, mm-hmm. like, at some point, like, if you forgot your notebook, what are the consequences of you forgetting your notebook? And it just is yeah. Life comes at you fast. Life comes at you fast. I might have called my mom for this, but she, like, I was so about my grades, like she was, so she would have been, like, very perturbed, but she was like, yeah, you're not going to fail whatever project this is. Um, So, but I wanted to point out, because how this call ends with Harry is that he was about to say something slick, and Charlotte was like, oh, what? you're the father, so you're never supposed to go to the school. Like, I've done it a hundred times. And he got himself right together and was like, I have to go now for this notebook. <laughs> Herbert would never. Would never. 
And that's really the, the difference, I think. And it's mm-hmm. also because Charlotte, like, she tried to tell her family, like, I'm going back to work. She tried, mm-hmm. and I understand it was growing pains and all this, but it was not just that Rock has called the landline at the gallery. They've been harassing her, like not just Rock, but the entire family has been harassing her all week. Like they've been texting her incessantly, calling her incessantly, and it's like, you two are teenagers. Pull it together or call your father. Because mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. Totally. I would love to do that personally. Like, it sounds like a great role. <laughs> Carrie, Charlotte, Miranda, and LTW have brunch. And once again, she's getting a call and she was like, nah, nah, nah. I am having brunch. Um, she vents a little bit about it. But other than that, LTW tells Carrie that she won a raffle. She gets a Michelin star dinner at home with friends. And Carrie's like, not on my plastered walls. Okay. We're going to go somewhere else and do this. Uh, we're going to go to the old apartment to say goodbye. And that sounds fun. But the end of this brunch is that Carrie is walking away with Miranda. And she tells her, oh, yeah, this is Steve. It's a cool place. And Miranda's like, oh, like this brand new information for her. So her and Steve are not talking like that. And then Carrie's like, oh, and I'm also going to chase comedy night, just to let you know. And, you know, Miranda's just like, so you're doing the tour of all my exes in Brooklyn, cool. Um, and Carrie suggests, you know, you you mean, you can go see Steve's place if you want to. Because Miranda makes a note of, like, it's crazy that you saw his place before me. Actually, I don't definitely think it's crazy get at all. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I get where, where Carrie's coming from in terms of Steve, at least, but I don't get where she's coming from in terms of Chase. Like, and I also feel like you can't force people. I get that that Carrie was Chase's friend before they were together with Miranda, but I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm also a like don't talk to my exes type of gal myself, mm-hmm. so I understand mm-hmm. where Miranda's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate. Carrie disclosing this information, but I don't think she should have pushed Miranda into doing one thing or the other. No. That's what I'm trying to say. No. Like, what exes are Carrie just hanging around, you know? Like, it's it's giving hypocrite. Um, And, like, I, it's still the whole divorce thing is so big and still so fresh. They're not even divorced. That, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, why would Miranda immediately go and see Steve's new place? Something that's the one upside of getting a new place after a breakup is, like, everything's new and it doesn't have all the baggage of, like, that old person in there. So, mm-hmm. like, and again, Brady's, like, a grown man. He's 18 at least. It's not like, oh, I need to go over there and make sure this is, like, a safe spot for, like, this little kid that he can't stick, like, a fork in the socket or something like it's also far as shit like Coney Island is at the end of the earth yeah Yeah. so even in Brooklyn so like it's inconvenient you need to like the person that you're going to Coney Island for or with Mm -hmm. (sighs) next LTW and Charlotte are shopping and LTW tells her that she's pregnant and she's like, even considering not doing this documentary thing, and everyone, everyone 
keep telling LTW this episode, you can do it. You've been doing it. I think that's such atrocious advice. I don't know. Every time one of my girlfriend has revealed an unexpected pregnancy, I always ask, are you okay? And what would you like to do? Not you exactly. can do it. Um, I realize that, that, you know, LTW is older, she's married, she's established, but these are the actually, actually conservatives. These are the women who get abortion. Actually. Mm-hmm. This, this is the mm-hmm. statistic you're talking about. Not younger people, not teens. Like, these are the women getting abortions in the majority of America. Mm-hmm. Married mothers with multiple children. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, so I, I know that from Charlotte is something that I expected from everyone else. Mm, well, I guess no one else really knows, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's much just Herbert who also and, says you can do it. Exactly. It's too much pressure, and I just feel so terrible for LCW. This is like her career is skyrocketing. She's mm-hmm. getting a Ken Burns treatment over at PBS, and it's just like, like she said, like I'm, I'm barely able to function as it is. Like I keep falling asleep everywhere. I'm so overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and I just, I felt really bad. Like, really yeah. Really bad. I, I kind of just want to wrap up, honestly, this whole pregnancy storyline, if we can. So the next time we get LTW, it is when she talks to Herbert in the middle of the night. And, you know, she's mad at him because apparently eight years ago she wanted him to get a vasectomy. He said, well, you know, you had postpartum, and I didn't know if it was the hormones talking, so I didn't get it done um, in case we changed our minds. And, you know, and then she points out, like, it's not just hormones, it's not a little postpartum, and in the end, he doesn't currently help with the children they have now, so him throwing out and I'll help you which is wild first of all you're a full-time father just like she's a full-time mother what do you mean you're going to help her but like she told him she told him point like you do not help me with the three children that we have now you do not you was in here asking me about fucking cereal the other day when the baby at least knew to, to pull down the cereal box and sit down somewhere and then go to bed like I was so enraged by this entire storyline and it's how so many men unfortunately still think and like she was saying like I was first of all the sex means are reversible so what do you mean like he saw her probably you know her last baby is eight or nine like she was 40 or 40 plus at the time women are having babies earlier later I'm sorry so he saw mm-hmm. what she went through with that and for him to be like oh okay change your mind about what you have three children mm-hmm mm-hmm I was just like mm-hmm. I wanted to shake him and he's like oh like you said you can do it you can do it and she just goes to bed like I guess I can. Like, it just, it felt like, as a black woman, I was just so angry. <laughs> like, it's, so hurt. it's so hurt. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because I still also had questions. Like, did she think he got the vasectomy? And obviously mm. he didn't. And then she's upset. Like, or did he tell her, like, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And then she's still got pregnant and she's upset um I kind of hate this storyline it's like it pops up for sure this has happened on Gilmore Girls like the the husband lied about getting a vasectomy and then she gets pregnant again and my thing is I'm good with body autonomy for everyone so Mm -hmm. it is 
grating to me to keep seeing these like wives who really demand the husband get a vasectomy. It is such, it's, it's nothing compared that they have to go through mm-hmm. during um, childbirth and all of that. So I get it. But on the other hand, I get you cannot demand someone else mm-hmm. to do something with their reproduction. Like, so I'm like, I don't actually really judge Herbert there. Although I do think a lot of men are so against getting vasectomies because it's always a just and they, they hold on to that hypothetical of being able to get someone pregnant. And I think it's part of ego and they're so tied to their manhood mm-hmm. about it, which is then I think fucks them up mentally if someone does say you need to get rid of this when they have their manhood tied into it. Um, so it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole onion. It's a whole onion there. That's so just... And I just think like he didn't, he was just so dismissive of her. I think that's why, like, I, I agree with you what you're saying. You can't make anyone do anything that they want, don't want to do. And you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But there was no alternative discussion. There was no, like, and she even asked her, like, he did at least ask her, like, well, should we be having a different kind of conversation? And she says, no, no, like, I am going to go through with this, but it's clearly not something she's 100% comfortable doing. Um, it's just, I don't know, it was just truly awful. Like, I hated every eon of this, but it's a very real discussion, as you said. It's just mm-hmm. frustrating, I think, uh, for women and this is why I'd be like, use condoms too. Like, like a diaphragm. Using condoms a, in a marriage. Uh, what is okay. it? A, uh, you don't want your vasectomy? Then we're using condoms every single time. A use, what is it? A, you, uh, the thing that you insert. One of the, there's so many options, and I get everyone yeah. to tolerate hormonal birth control either, but there's also like spermicide and like. Oh, it was just like, this whole thing was so infuriating to watch. I also hate that a a lot of times when an unexpected pregnancy like this pops up in TV shows and everything, they didn't even say the word abortion. They were scared to say the word abortion, Mm -hmm. which is really weird. And then she's like, well, obviously I don't want this. But I'm not going to consider that. But, you know, I enjoy it. And I feel like they just left that in there. So, like, it's, um, so they're like, no, we're pro-choice. But this character, and you can be pro-choice and be like, but personally, I won't. But it's another trend, just like the husband secretly not getting the vasectomy or, you know, that. And, like, characters getting pregnant, it's a whole big drama and we can't even, like, consider abortion because that would be too easy. I feel the writers are like, well, what? why would I get this character pregnant if she's just going to get an abortion, you know? And that's annoying to me. I think it would make more sense for LTW to get an abortion because that's who gets abortions in. True. Because she had three children. Like, I, I thought that's where this was going to go, and it did not. So I was kind of like, well, again, I, I heard you the last Mm-hmm. I told you in the last episode, this was not probably not going to go to term. Mm-hmm. And maybe she'll be like, actually, I need to get out of this marriage. So mm-hmm. we'll see if the second part mm-hmm. is true. 
So, yeah, that's how this ends up to wrap up LTWs. She's in bed. She wakes up her in the middle of the night. She says, something's wrong. I am bleeding. He says, let's go to the hospital. And for us audience, we know she's like, okay, but I think it's too late. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's a terrible situation. Mm-hmm. Like it just it's horrible. It's, the miscarriage is horrible. It's just awful. Yeah. And again, like I don't understand why they put this character in. <laughs> this was so frustrating. Nicole Ari Parker is so good. Why do mm-hmm. this to her? Mm-hmm. Moving on. So uh Judy. I, I wrote down Judy's name for the first time. So I was like, Judy. <laughs> Judy is Chase Boss. And Judy is talking about going to Chase set. And you know, this the running theme of this story that we get very clear from this, from Che getting misgendered by the vet and um, Judy saying that Che's old comedy was still funny, even if it's not them, is that they're not the person they used to be. And they're tired of people seeing them as the older version of themselves. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I, I, I for sure see that. And they are frustrated with the vet because, like you said, the vet continues to mm-hmm. misgender them. And later you see them watching old um, stand-up. And mm-hmm. when they were going by a different name and when they were dressing as more of them, I'm not sure how they were identifying specifically. I think they might have been identifying as women at the time, but yeah. they don't they- want to go back to that obviously and and be seen in that way yeah um all right next is the gay sex which i was so excited to get to so giuseppe and anthony they're finally doing it and they just finished and giuseppe's like now for me to be the top anthony's said whoa 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 honey whoa whoa I fuck you not the other way around honey and he was like what is going on if we're in love like we're just we're just spreading the love and he said that's not who I am and Anthony brings up Giuseppe's size which is a reasonable concern that is beautiful yes for anyone (laughs) Such a reasonable concern. Especially if you've never done it before. Like, nah, nah, nah. Nah. Um, But, like, the show loves doing this. They love bringing up a reasonable concern and having the other character be like, that's not it. It's this. So, for us to be like, this is what you're supposed to take away from, but, like, nah. Like, that's that's very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, Giuseppe's like, no, that's not the issue. What's the issue? And then Anthony explains, this is a generational thing. The older gays, you were either a top, bottom. I mean, There's I'm no sure there were verse back then. <laughs> like, I'm sure. And then they also acknowledge that, like, not all gays have penetrative sex, which mm-hmm. is true. There's, like, um, it, I think for the general population, they would be surprised by the statistic that um, how many, like, gay men uh, don't do penetrative sex at all. Um, so, you know, there's defined roles, and that that's a lot. So we're going to – and, like, at the end, I guess, Giuseppe is always like, mm, you think so, honey. So I think 
in the end, Anthony will be bottoming at some point, but it wasn't today. I think you've never considered it before. So for, first of all, him even wrapping his mind around Giuseppe as a partner was too much for him. So I think this is a whole new, like, horizon. He's like, yo, like, sorry, like, this is a bit much. But I think, you know, if you feel more, if he feels comfortable, and that's what's most important, feeling comfortable, mm-hmm. safe, like, with your partner, like, eventually he might get there. Uh, but yeah. for now, he's like, <laughs> absolutely definitely. <laughs> he even slipped up and said Giuseppe was the woman. And it's like, So, Gen X, we are you know, in Gen a X. different world now. Gen X now be stuck. Like, I tell you, Gen X be stuck in a way they be holding Yo. on to. Okay, they be stuck. That was wild. All of it. Um, so, we'll see because there's a lot, there's a little bit of like ta- toxic masculinity there mm-hmm. of like being the top and everything. So, we'll see if that unravels at all. Um, we only get a, a little bit of Seema in this episode, and what we got was wild. So Seema and Ravi are, are in bed. She tells him, I love you, and he says it back. But I'm like, this is mid-orgasm. Like, I, does this even, like, what are they, again, what are y'all doing with the brown women y'all hired? Like, y'all upsetting me and my homegirl. Do you, have you ever slipped up, though, and said, I love you during an orgasm? I haven't. No. Because exactly. Again, genetic. Like, <laughs> also, I don't we don't know. know anything about this Robbie man other than he be on his phone and he makes Michael Bay movies. We don't know nothing else. We don't know nothing. We don't know nothing. All we know is that Seema is getting carried away against her will. She's like not gleeful about this connection. She's like, what the heck is happening to me? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that would be endearing. That's totally a rom-com trope, but we see more of the romance before the character's like, what the hell? This isn't part of my plan. Not, she's like enjoying it, but then not enjoying it. And it's like, I want the full romance. You would have never done this with Carrie. Never. Ever. Or even like, like at least, as, as terrible as Trey was as a husband, Charlotte at least got swept off her feet in the mm-hmm. beginning, even though she had to deal with Bunny. Like, what mm-hmm. are y'all doing? This better not end up in wedding bells. This better not be it for Seema. I need better. I need better. We ain't seen nothing about this man. Nope. Nope. Um, all right. Next, Carrie and Lisette, they're in the old apartment. Carrie's still packing. Lisette's trying to get whatever she can out of uh, Carrie's things. And then Seema comes over, and she, she tells Carrie... I said, love you. I love you. And it's only been like three weeks. Yeah, it's been a very short amount of time. Maybe five at most. And, and Carrie's dumbass is like, well, love is love. Like, she's in the clouds. She's not the person to talk to about this. Get Miranda at on all. the phone. Immediately. And also, like, where are Seema's other friends? Like, I know Carrie's her new friend, but, like, she's had to have, she's in New York for, what, 30 years? Like, where are her other girlfriends? Maybe so this is see Nia's girlfriends on Zoom. Maybe. But even still, they would give some decent, hopefully, advice other than Carrie. Uh, but to go back briefly to Lisette, Carrie has sold her apartment to Lisette as I thought she would. I didn't yeah. think she would sell it to her. 
but I thought she rented out, but she gave her a super, super discount. So it's yeah. nice to have friends in New York. Um, and Carrie's like, oh, this is fine, Seema. Like, you're just, in, it's, it's ridiculous and it's preposterous. And Seema knows that. So I'm holding on to the fact that Seema knows who she is and she mm-hmm. knows how to get out of a sticky situation as we've seen her. Mm-hmm. It would be very interesting if, like, Seema does start befriending, like, Miranda to where <laughs> she can talk to her own one-on-one. I want to see what those two characters would get up to because they're both skeptics in a very interesting yes. way. Um, I love that. Yeah. And also, Carrie, Carrie has become de- so delusional that she's keeping that cat. So I, that's where we are with she her. She said, I think that kitten is mine. And I'm like, Carrie. <laughs> you don't even have okay. food for you to eat, let alone a cat. We'll see. Um, so, Joy. Okay. We see Miranda leaving a meeting, and there's this tall-ass British woman named Joy at the job. She's complimenting Miranda's work. They're getting a little chummy, and Joy's like, oh, I was going to ask you to, like, paint my apartment or whatever, and she's like, oh, I'm so bad at painting. And I'm just like, all right, I'll see you. I like, I like the height difference. I like I like the height the- difference. I like the subtlety of it. So it's like it's going to be a nice slow burn it seems that we deserve like I know the lesbians like to move quickly but it was too quick like like the whole yeah. thing was way too fast for me the red the red suit woman that was just chaotic so I would love to see Miranda in a nice friendship evolution that's more yeah for her level yeah and this woman's actually like working in a field that Miranda knows and is actually more ahead of Miranda of like what she wants to do in human rights so like we're seeing Miranda maybe on like having less of the upper hand and I'm excited about that yeah yeah so Miranda comes home to talk to Naya and she tells Naya like okay I decided to go to Chase set Naya's too in her own world to be like, boo-boo, you you don't need to do this. But Naya's on the other end. Miranda and Naya are on the opposite spectrums of how to deal with an ex. Because Naya's ass is too up in it. She's almost in Andre's baby mama's coochie at this point. Gonna, like, pull out this baby when it's time for delivery. Because she gets an email about the freaking baby shower. I I said this to most men that are dead. If you ever have a baby with someone that's not me, like just pretend that I'm dead because that's how I'll be treating you. So yeah. the fact that he has the gall and the audacity, like I guess I could see. I, no, she found out about she's it trying to be on Instagram. With him. She's she, trying to be she, friends. No, girl, no. You she cannot be out. friends with uh, uh, some man you were married with for 20 years who's having a baby by some, some heifer that he met two months ago. Are you are you crazy? Are yes, you crazy? She is. She is. You I don't think, have to be the bigger person. I thought Naya tearing everything down and shouting in her apartment was just like a one-off sign that something's a little no. off with her. But the fact that she... Almost all of her problems has been self-inflicted because she'll be like, oh, I liked his post too many times or something. And 
that's why I'm now like talking to him about football or I see this baby post and now he's sending me the invite. And then her ass, her ass was like, I'll show hipster Heidi. I'm going to get this expensive ass stroller. So every time she walks around with this baby, she's going to be like, oh, his a very accomplished ex got me this expensive stroller. That white girl's not going to think of you. I don't think that white girl's thinking She's not going to care. She's going to be happy that you spent a thousand USD dollars in dinero on a stroller for her child that she having with your husband. Like, or girl, and I, I'm giving her weird. this. I heard the divorce. Any of the above, okay? Because there's one, I, I'm giving Nia Grace in that. She's been with this man for 20 years. Divorce apparently is a wretched, horrible thing that no one wants to go through. So I'm giving her all the grace to feel her emotions. But there is a such thing as detaching yourself from people. That's why you get divorced, to separate yourself from them. Not to be RSVPing their raggedy-ass baby showers. Not to, certainly not to be buying the baby anything. And it's not the baby's fault. The babies are a blessing. But no, absolutely. That man could, if he, that man seen me and I was on fire, he better not even blow me out, okay? Because when they go low, I'm going to hell. Yeah, and that's just me, and God's not done with me yet. But like, absolutely no, never, never, no. never, no. And unfortunately, neither Miranda nor Nia. I think Miranda kind of tries to stop this from happening, but neither one of them are like outside of themselves enough to help the other one when they both. No, it. so it's, it's just a disaster on no. both ends. Which I kind of love. I kind of love that they're at the same place of just being a disaster and still figuring yeah. it out. And that's okay. Um, so next, um, we get, this, this was a weird scene. It, it didn't feel like it belonged in the episode, but I get we had to do something about Stanford. So mm. Carrie sits Anthony down. And basically has Stanford's letter in her hand. And she's like, you know what? Stanford has decided to stay in Japan. And he's going to be a monk. And he's leaving all the other things behind. So you get to have it all. And Anthony's takeaway went back to the gay sex, I guess. Because he was like, well, he's like throwing everything away to be happy. And I'm still holding on to things that might not serve me and it's like sir this is not the time to think about bottoming <laughs> I agree I thought it was a weird thing I do and like the actor who played Sanford passed away unfortunately like when they were in the middle of shooting the first season um and he's such a lovely person and like the staff the entire cast loved him so I get he needed a send-off but as you said it didn't really fit and I kind of wish it was done earlier in the season then here um, I do appreciate them wrapping it up and Stanford not being like, because I think they mentioned to him a couple of times before, like yeah. Carrie had a kimono that Stanford had sent to her, and mm-hmm. uh, when Giuseppe was trying to come up to the apartment, um, Anthony was like, "No, like this is my husband's apartment," like mm-hmm. blah blah blah. So I get the then wrap he... up, but it was a little strange. Yeah, then he <laughs> fucked in the husband's apartment before getting yeah. this letter, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, I wonder why this couldn't be in the, the, the Last Supper party. That sounds perfect, you know, but 
who knows what the vibe is is going to be at this party, honey, because they set up a certain vibe going into the last episode. <laughs> and we somewhere, our fave is coming back. I don't know how, but she's coming. So. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm ready for the cringe. All right. I'm ready. Ready. Now, Charlotte, she sold a painting to Sam Smith and uh, her boss and co-workers want to celebrate. So they go out for drinks um, and Charlotte gets hammered and is annoyed by all the calls from her family who's like, where you at? She truly could have just texted him at a bar, but instead she decides I'm dumping it, the phone into a margarita instead. I think she was just at her wit end. I think first of all she was trashed. <laughs> she wanted to be. But she was just like, listen, like I told y'all I was going out and they're like, it's probably not even like nine or ten thirty, to be honest. Because she leaves at six thirty. She's leaving her office at six thirty. It's gotta be yeah. eight thirty, nine o'clock. And they are yeah. blowing her up. And she's told them like I'm going for a drink, like there's nothing wrong. I'm sure Rock or Harry or somebody has put a check on her damn phone. I can see where she's at. Like, mm-hmm. please leave this lady alone so she can enjoy a margarita. It's very dramatic, and but I understood her sentiment of just like not wanting to deal and just wanting yeah. to turn your phone. Like some weekends, I just want to turn my phone on, do not disturb, and just do what I want to do, and not be the friend who's checking on everyone or like a big sister or like a mm-hmm. girl. Like I don't want to do any of that. I just want to like yeah. sit down with my boobs out and like look at the wall. Yeah. That's um. For me, I already want to jump to her just coming home. My highlight of season two for Charlotte is the scene when she gets home and she's playing drums. Still not an easy thing to do. And she is killing it. She is like Harry, Lily, and Rock. They're just sitting there like stunned because she's hammered. And she's just like... All of you need to get it together and leave me alone. She just goes. She's like, I had a life before all of you. She was like, I was someone before I was a wife. I was somebody before I was your mom. And they were like appalled, like waiting for her in the foyer of the apartment. And the thing that killed me so bad, she goes into the room and slams the door until Richard Burton comes and like scratches at the door and she like lets him in and like locks her family out. And it was epic, <laughs> honestly. Because like y'all are all these y'all are not four and five years old. Like leave this lady alone. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't bother mm-hmm. her all week at work. You don't bother her when she went to brunch to get a mimosa. What do you go back to sleep? It's Saturday morning. You don't bother her. She's trying to celebrate her Sam Smith painting. Leave her alone. What could you possibly want? Nothing that is important. Call your daddy. He right there. Leave her alone. Get a job. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So (laughs) the big, oh, the big cringe. Miranda, she um ends up going to Chase. Chase thing. She sees Aiden and Carrie outside first. And she's like, well, you know, I don't want to treat Che like I did Skipper. That's a throwback. We ain't seen Skipper since one of Sex and City. And, like, Skipper was a nuisance. Like, that was, like, a bad writing. Like, please. Like, why was he yeah. even... They got rid of him real quick. No shade to the actor, they... but, like, why was he... He was... 
Oh, I'm Carrie's friend. How? How, sir? How you Carrie's friend? Right. Yeah. It's it's and fine. Wasn't even Skipper is fine. Yeah. They all go in. Carrie is shook because she knows. You could just tell on her face, like, oh, you didn't tell them. Okay. Um. So they all sit down. Che goes up on stage and talks about dating a married straight white woman for eight months. And, you know, Che goes on to talk about that Miranda brought her husband and son in bed with them. But Che, didn't you bring a husband? You're married. Literally. How did Miranda not throw that in Che's face? Why does Che just get to be married? I'm so confused. I was confused why. Okay, I'm one who doesn't, I don't really enjoy comedy shows or specials like that. It's very rare that I do. So I get it. I'm not the audience for comics. I thought this was really cool, personally. Like, I felt like it really crossed the line. And I get that Che didn't know Miranda was there. But yeah. a lot of this was, like, just nasty and, like, not even accurate. Hated um, it. I think I like comedy, and I think most of it was fair play, except about the whole, like, Oh, questioning the sexuality, even labeling Miranda as straight when she's so obviously not. Like, who the hell are you that gets to like down someone for like exploring their sexuality and figuring things out, which you obviously had to do at some point yourself. Um, but yeah, and you were so eager to help her do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, when she was picking up behind you and reading lines with you. Mhm, mhm, and you know it's so ridiculous. So Miranda walks out, and she makes sure to walk out in the exit in front of Che rather than the back. So Che sees and gets stunned and walks out to the street. And you know Miranda says Miranda's upset. Che says that they talk about all of the wrong things in their life when they're on stage. And Miranda says, I don't consider you a wrong thing. Like, that's actually, like, pretty hurtful. Um, So, yeah, she says that you're a mess. Why not talk about it? She said that they were getting there, which I believe them. I believe them. Um, You know, and Miranda walks away. And she's like, Toby, Toby's ass comes out of nowhere. I don't like, I don't like the, the staging of this because it doesn't make any sense. I feel like Toby came out and immediately was like, are you okay? Which like makes sense. But then mm-hmm. it seemed like Toby, Toby was acting like they heard everything. <laughs> and like they couldn't have because they just walked out. Um, oh. And like, this is something I think a lot of people do when they're like into someone and they're just like, yeah, your ex is crazy. You're so right. (laughs) And it was so annoying to me that Toby was definitely coming with that energy and was trying to make it an envy empowerment thing, which is like, yes, envies should be strong and it is hot when they're strong and assertive, but like, you have no clue what that context was. Like, Che 
hurt someone else's feelings and labeled that her wrong, Miranda. Mm-hmm. It was, and I, was, I got what Shane was saying, like, I'm tired of, like, having to apologize for something. I get that, but you still treated someone you supposedly cared about in a very cruel way. And I think it was particularly hurtful for Miranda because this was her first experience, her first queer experience. So she, I think she held a lot to that. She was willing to step outside of her comfort zone and to still have some sort of like reverence or connection with Che, even though they weren't together. Just mm-hmm. She just, just deduced their time together. She didn't deduce their time together in the way that Che deduced their time together. And I think, you know, yes, I get what Che is saying and that they shouldn't have to apologize for things but this was not right like this also was not right and they shouldn't feel good about what they did yeah it's like yeah you are a comedian this is kind of part of the job you (laughs) it is not the right time to pop up on Shay after the breakup it's just not I feel like for me knowing what comedy is I would automatically assume I'm being talked about if it's my ex stand up after the breakup Mm. um but yeah um so but Che could be like oh I really don't feel this way about you it's like me trying to pull a joke from the situation or something and Che doesn't do that Che does say like a lot of wrong happened here so it's just like well damn okay then that's not how Miranda felt, but I guess she does now. So maybe we won't revisit this. I don't know. <laughs> um, so Carrie and Aiden, all right? They think they're just going to have their last night in a hotel before they get our place. Did Aiden put in for this place? He didn't put no money into this place. Also, Carrie has also begged him to come to the Last Supper at the old apartment because she left the space open for him. She only invited 15 guests, and there's a 16th chair. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they have a kind of a nice heart to heart. I was like, okay, like, and he's like, you know, yes, you made a lot of mistakes when we were together in the past. I made some mistakes too. Like, I did kind of try to strong arm you into a commitment when you weren't mm-hmm. ready. Um, I like strong armed you into you know, saying yes to me when I proposed, I strong armed it to you signing this lease with me, and it was basically almost left her homeless before she terrorized Charlotte for some money, but that's another conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually a very gentle moment, but then shit kind of really quickly hits the fan. Yeah, yeah. And then he also admitted that he, and I thought this was pretty obvious, um, but he admitted he was afraid to go into the apartment again because he was afraid he was going to get mad at her all over again. And I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like we've seen too many crimes. Yes. <laughs> Literally called being triggered. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the the conversation ends with Aiden getting a call. Apparently, Wyatt drove his truck into a tree. Um Aiden immediately gets um, a flight back and he calls Carrie at the end of the episode. He's in the truck, like looking outside of the hospital. He says it was more than just his collarbone. He broke his leg in two different places. He said that Wyatt got into a fight with his mom, went to the, 
like hitchhiked or maybe walked to the farm, had a few beers, and then was trying to drive back to the farm and totaled his truck. Apparently, Wyatt said he wanted to sleep at his dad's house, so Aiden falls and sobs, saying he should have been home. And then Carrie said, and just like that, I was worried for the first time. And it is really horrible that this has happened. Like, unfortunately, like, from the moment we kind of know about why it's clear that he has some sort of, like, struggles. And, and Aiden is very open with Carrie about that. Like, he struggles and seems to have a little bit of anxiety, well, a lot of anxiety um, being detached from his dad in particular. And this is, he's 14, like, he's having a hard time emotionally like he, this is a huge change even though his parents are divorced like his father not being accessible to him you know every other mm-hmm. week is a huge change for him and it's really heartbreaking to watch and i just think it's another reason why like we understood that carrie didn't know anything that she thought she knew like his kids are not fully grown um all of them if they were like in their 20s or in their 30s maybe i could see this this is a boy and mm-hmm having kids is not no hope like it's not a, a joke and it, you you have to make really hard decisions for the sake of your their children and their well-being if you're a decent parent which obviously Aiden is and yeah I'm not seeing how all of these new house plans are going to still be new house plans because his life is in Virginia yeah Homegirl is out of a home again. Why? Why? Every time she gets roped into Aiden, she loses her home. If she just moved too fast. I do think, like, this is a beautiful apartment. Like, she could afford it by herself. It's fine. But this is a huge change. She's in a completely different, you know, neighborhood. She's not like she was back in the day where she didn't have no type of money or any resources anywhere to lay her head. I just think they were in this bubble of like mm-hmm. foolishness. It's not like he has one kid that's like with Seth's age or something like that. Like Wyatt is a young minor child who has some issues that he mm-hmm. needs his parents to be very, very hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, as you, as one has to do with teenagers, like obviously a lot is happening and he's not taking things well at all. And what can Carrie do but try to be supportive of that with Aiden, but also this is not something she I don't think she has the capability of handling I don't know Mm -hmm. if she's gonna wait for him for four years until the boy turns 18 and even then like he still may need a lot of support he may still live at home like you don't know like this is what kind of comes with dating people with children it's not just them that you consider let's be let's be real if Carrie's really serious about this she would be moving to Virginia instead of trying to plan for him to come out every so often in New York? Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. Only because I think that Virginia and New York are so close that you could make it work. Like I'm of the mindset of like, why should she have to give up everything? Her life is in New York. And his life, like how can, I think they can meet halfway. Like they, the, I thought the plan was like her spending time there, him spending time in New York when they were there. So like a 50-50 arrangement. I just don't think he's able to give her his 50 because of Wyatt. Like, he, no matter if Wyatt's supposed to be with his mom, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure he stayed with his dad still maybe on his mom. Like, if he was over her or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I just think that Carrie wasn't prepared for anybody to come and support her plans. I mean, I think the way that I'm, she was trying to set up shop in New York, acknowledge that he was a parent and she wanted a bigger place for the kids, but it's like the kids already have a home. Like, why wouldn't she plan to be around the kids' home instead of, like, trying to move his life Mm -hmm. to her? It just, it makes the most sense to go to Virginia. But it's still that last little, like, um, you know, it's the whole question. I kind of feel like we see that Aiden's ex was right last episode because it's like, if you're really in it, you have to like understand he's a package deal and you can't half-ass. And I still feel like she was half-assing and then even being like, you cannot, like now we get where she's really like, do not write about my kids because my kids are not doing well, bitch. They're not doing well. A lot. And mm-hmm. I don't know where Carrie fits into it. And I don't know if she'll graciously exit stage left. Um, I think this could have all been resolved eventually had they just taken things way more slowly. Way slowly. And I get, like you said, like, you know, oh, this whole, he doesn't want to go into her house and all this. But like you said, she could have been going to Virginia more often or they could have just said, that's it. We'll just have to Airbnb or we'll just have to keep at least she got some money, at least she's financially stable. Like, that's all mm-hmm. I can say. Mm-hmm. Because this is not going to end the way that she wants. New. I think my prediction is Aiden's going to end up leaving her. You know? His kid is more important. It just it, That's kind of what the life of parenting is. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Um, that time, not in a place of being broken apart or mm-hmm. shattered in that way. This is something out of either of their control in a way. Mm-hmm. So there's something poetic about that, I think. Yeah. Um, now that we're kind of seeing the end of the road with Aiden, do you think what they did bringing him back kind of justifies it um, or not? I think in the world of a story, yes. In real life, hell no. <laughs> in the world of the story, it was so nice to see John. Like, he looks great. And, like, they did really have... It was nice to see them without a looming, big, hanging over mm-hmm. Like, that was, I think, what I enjoyed most. Boogeyman. <laughs> like, when they were together. Um, so it was always ruined in that way. Um, yeah. I guess, like, I just, I hate it. I hate that this is how it ended. But I get it also. It's not the worst ending. I think it it was some giving justice to, like, what Aiden meant to Sex in the City and, like, for the team Aiden girlies and everything. It was, like, a little bit of fan fiction, but, like, in a good way, in a good realistic way. Because at the end of the day, like you said, Arami Day, he is not her guy he's a great guy but he is not her guy and I hope I hope just like we're calling for Seema to get a good romance um going maybe next season Carrie actually gets to start off fresh and new and we see what the chapter mm-hmm. chapter three love story for Carrie is 
I agree. I agree. But Aiden needs a woman like his ex-wife, like a nice, like, wholesome, not that Carrie is, you know, but yeah. a, a Virginian who bakes pie. <laughs> he would be just happy with that. I agree. All right. Do we have a BB moment this episode? I think this might be the first time I can't Lisa is always very fine. <laughs> I mean, when she was, she looked really beautiful at brunch, and and, and when she was shopping with Charlotte, but no, um, yeah. Night had a nice Fueve sweater, but also no, like the blacks no. are chaotic this episode. All of them. We're down bad. We're down bad this episode. I will say a beautiful brown moment is Seema being swept up in the moment and saying "I love you." Didn't make any sense. No, but thrilled for her, I guess thrilled for her um and what's our chaotic spy moment this episode all over all over was chaotic (laughs) everything we think the whole shebang oh my god oh my god um it's very true i'm trying to think of a very specific trying to think of a very specific one though um, I loved, you know what, I think the chaotic by moment that I also will still, I think it was a tender moment in the chaos of bisexuality. <laughs> and okay. the tender moment was Miranda in such a vulnerable state. Like, she could be in a mode of, like, actually, I want to get my lick back and say something mean or hurtful. But instead, on the street, in that very vulnerable state to Che, she was like, I don't see you as a wrong thing in my life. And, like, just, yeah, I, I think her. that reverence. It hurt her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, that reverence yeah. was, like... Yeah, sad and beautiful, and yeah, Che is still in the mode of hurting people to try and feel better. It's it's weird. Um, che is still yeah. need to do their work. They need to go to the ladies and, and do their yeah. work. That's what they need to do. Um, yeah. And I get it. It's very challenging. They're still, you know, new to being in B, relatively. Um Go to the lady and do your work. Yeah. Because, like, Cause you, you out here at the school and you still married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Miranda, of all people, was not forcing you to be an old you. So that doesn't fit with, like, the theme of the storyline. Right. Miranda was supportive of you being a comedian, um and like your tv career sometimes her parenting popped up in the middle of that but she was so supportive like but she happens miranda happens to still be the kicking bag for chase somehow almost every single time and like writers i need you to not (laughs) i need you to not like it's bad you already broke them up good all right we're gonna have our last last supper next week um next week we actually will have 
a third person on to talk about the episode Quita. I'm so ready for that. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the episode or what other things you got going on at Variety? Um, just writing my reviews at Variety, hoping that this strike, you know, with, of course, the writers and actors in mind get resolved soon. So, you know, we all know looking crazy out here. Um, but yeah, I will say as chaotic as the season has been thus far, I feel like this is a good, we're ending up in like a reasonable place. So like, I'm seeing what the, the writers were putting up. I don't know why they put up certain mm-hmm. things they did, but things are starting. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. Um, I'm still covering Big Brother. You should actually follow me on Twitter if you want those kind of updates. Sometimes I tweet what's happening on the live feeds, um, TikTok. Sometimes I'm also updating on there. It's been a wild week, um, and we're now in week two. I should have exit interviews, the one with Kirsten, um, was pushed back, so keep a lookout for that. Um, and you know, me and Jordan will get to to cook in again for TV to dinner eventually. We're recovering from Beyonce, all so you're just gonna have to wait. <laughs> all right, that's it. So have a good one, guys. <laughs>